Welcome to the Grace Long Beach Podcast, a series of sermons from our weekly Sunday gathering. For more information on our church community, values, and service times, please visit www.gracelb.org. Thanks for listening. Today's reading is Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the, seat, in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jerry Giles. I'm one of the elders here at Grace, and it's a real joy and privilege to be here with you this morning to open up God's Word. But before I do, uh, I'm looking out there. I can't see. There's some missionaries who are visiting with us today. Uh, Caesar and Jennifer Gonzalez, where are you? Stand up so we can greet you. Oh, they're way in the back. Oh, my goodness. Caesar and Jennifer uh, were sent out about 20 years ago from this church with AIM, which is Adventures in Missions, and, and they're friends. Caesar used to be on staff here as the director of maintenance, and Jennifer taught in our elementary school, taught kindergarten for a number of years, so they're just part of this church family. Good to have you here this, this morning. So why don't we, uh, before we start, let's pray together. Father, thank you for uh, Caesar and Jennifer. Thank, thank you for your call upon their lives and their willingness to be obedient, to go and to serve you. Lord, we, uh, we would pray that uh, the fruitfulness of their ministry will even be greater in the days ahead than it has been in the past. We thank you for them, Lord, and pray that you continue to use them to advance your kingdom in this world. And, and Lord, thank you for uh, this time that we could look together at Psalms 1 and just ask that you will uh, use this psalm to, to speak to our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I recently uh, read about a graduate student at Wheaton College who shared her life story with her pastor. She said that she grew up in a conservative Christian home. Then she rebelled at what she thought was a narrowness and an emptiness. And she went after some of the options that are available to young people today. She investigated them all. She watched as others practiced that way of life, and she tried many of them herself. Then she said, I have come here because the last couple of weeks God has drawn me up short. I nearly went mad. I came here 
to start over again. My sister told me that the only answer to my search was in Jesus Christ, and I hated her for it. I found my way back to my sister's home, and I did the hardest thing I could ever do. I told her she was right. Friends, there are two roads, only two. One is the way to God, and the other is the way without God. I'd like us to turn in our Bibles to Psalms chapter 1 today. It's on page 448 in the Blue Bible. I encourage you to keep your Bible open because we'll refer back to this psalm as we go along. We've been in a series this summer uh, on where we've one Sunday we've looked at a psalm and the next Sunday we've looked at one of the signs of Jesus in the, the Gospel of John. Psalms 1 is a marvelous summary of the message of Psalms and really it is also a summary of the experiences of men. One way says that all men are on two roads. Either they're on the road to God or they're on the road without God. Each way has an immediate result in our lives and each way has an everlasting and ultimate result and end. Let me read Psalms 1 again to us. Tim read it for us. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked nor stands in the way of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scoffer But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. One way is the way of failure, the way without God, where one walks in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, the word counsel means advice. And we, we should seek counsel. In fact, Proverbs tells us that there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. But it's talking here about the ungodly counsel, counselor. Well, who are the ungodly? They are people who just leave God out. There is no fear of God before their eyes. They live as though God does not exist. Around us today are a multitude of people like this. They get up in the morning, and they never pray or take time to be with God. They never thank God for the food that they eat or for the good health that they enjoy. They just keep on moving right along, living it up. They are ungodly. They are just leaving God out. We are flooded today with the counsel of the ungodly. 
the counsel that ignores the ultimate meaning for which we, have, we were made in God. I think one of the greatest sins of our day is that God is so available, so alive in the person of Jesus Christ, and we just ignore him. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffer. If you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, you will find yourself standing in the way of sinners. Now, sin is an archer's term. You pull back your arrow and you shoot for the bullseye. If you miss the bullseye, it's called sin. You've missed the mark. And God has given us the mark in which to live. He's laid it out for us in his word. And people miss the mark and they don't even know it. They just go right on living. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And when we live that way, there will ultimately become a payment. We work for our wages, and the Bible says, For the wages of sin is death. Isaiah 55, 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Well, it goes on to say, he not only stands in the way of sinners, but he sits in the seat of the scoffer or the scorner. The sinner has now gotten you to sit down. The scoffer is one who, sh- who shows contempt as a manifestation of doubt and cynicism and ir- irreverence. Listen, my friends. These are the people who stood at the foot of the cross And they looked up at Jesus who was hanging on that cross and his blood was being shed for their sin. And they laughed at him. They sneered. Luke 23, 35 says, And the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers also mocked him coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And the scripture also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. These are the ones today who poke fun at Christianity. And it's more and more prevalent in our world today, in our country. I just read just this week, about a man who was running for office in North Carolina, and evidently he was a Christian who had preached in his own church. And he preached and taught that wives should be submissive to their husbands. And his opponent criticized him, saying he, he is out of touch with reality in the 21st century, and they laughed at him. This attitude of cynicism comes from People who are just angry. They're hurt. They're so hurt inside. And when we give them some love or some answers to their questions or answers to the church, they just are angry. Whatever it is, they they come out with, they want to chop you down before you chop them down. They want to get you before you get them. 
And my friends, we must be careful not to be like them. We must be careful not to sit with them. I find that there's no blessedness in being cynical against the cynic. What they need is for us to love them to Christ. What they need is for us to answer their questions intellectually. But we must not be with them, must not sit with them. You know, it takes courage to stand alone. You young people, it takes courage to, to stand for Christ and stand for righteousness in this world. I like what Jeremiah fifteen seventeen says, I sat not with the assembly of the mockers. I sat alone. Oh, young people, it takes courage on your college or high school, junior high campuses to stand up for righteousness when, when your so-called friends are asking you to maybe smoke something you shouldn't or drink something you shouldn't or look at something that you shouldn't. It takes courage to stand alone. God is looking for men and women to stand up for him in righteousness. Ezekiel 22.30 says, I sought for man among them that should stand in a gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, and I found none. It takes courage. Will you be that man, will you be that woman to stand up in the gap, to be like Jeremiah and say, I'm willing to sit alone than to give in to what they're asking me to do. Psalms 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffer. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now here's the blessed man. Here's the blessed man. You see, the way... uh, the one way is, is the godless way. It reckons without God or God's love for his people. It's just chopping God out. But the other way is a delight. The other way, it says, is blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. Do you, my friend, delight in God's word? Do you take time on a daily basis, to spend time reading God's Word and getting it into your life. It'll bring joy and rejoicing. Jeremiah 15, 16, Jeremiah says, Thy words are found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Now we want to be people who are known at Grace Brethren Church because we delight in God's word. It brings joy and rejoicing. I'll tell you a story. <clears throat> One time, uh, I was in the Air Force, stationed in Germany, and I was being discipled by the navigators. And, and uh, I, went, I, I was stationed in downtown Frankfurt, and I went down uh, to Kaiserschladen, which is about 100, yard, 100 miles away, to visit some missionaries, and, and uh, I was going back up. I had to get back to work by four in the afternoon on a Sunday, and, 
I was going up the Autobahn, and my car just backfires and dies. And so I cruise over to the side of the Autobahn. Well, you know, when you're in the Air Force and you don't show up for work, it's called AWOL. And, you know, you could get in trouble for that. And so my car just dies on the side of the Autobahn. And uh, I was, before I got out, I thought of a verse that I had recently memorized, Psalms 50, 15. It says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. And I said, God, I need your help. <laughs> and, and the Autobahn had call boxes, so it was about 100 yards down, I saw a call box, so I walked down and I was able to communicate uh, by location. And I turned around to walk back up, and here's a Pulitzer, a policeman. He says, was ist de los? Well, my German is, is not very good. And so all I could do is point up the Autobahn and say, my auto kaput. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. So I got in the car, and he drove me back up to, to my car. And I get out of the, his car, and up screeches an Autobahn mechanic. And again, he says, was ist de los? Auto kaput. And he says, ah, yeah, I'll turn it on. And so it wouldn't do anything. I had a moment, and, and he did something, and it cranks right up. And so I go back, and you know, I say, well, what cost you? How, how much do I owe you? And he says, ah, oh, das ist gut, das ist gut. And he sends me on my way. So I'm driving back up the Autobahn. I probably wasn't broken down more than 10 minutes. And I thought of Psalms 50:15. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. My heart just started beating out of my chest. And I said, God, what did you just do? That was awesome. But that's what Jeremiah is saying. It's the joy. When you know God's word, when you delight in God's word, it becomes the joy and rejoicing of our heart. Because it's in our heart. Now, there are also two immediate results to both of these ways. Look at verse 3. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. It says he shall be like a tree. Here is a picture of a godly life, which is not only a blessing to God, but it's a blessing to those around them. I see a beautiful fruit tree. You know, we have a tree back here. The only thing missing on that tree is fruit hanging down. I see a beautiful fruit tree which not only provides fruit, but it also provides shade. The Shulamite bride in the book of Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 3, says this. Like an apple tree among the trees of the woods, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down in his shade with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what the psalmist is writing here in Psalms 1 and verse 3? Husbands, look up here. Let me ask you something. Can your wife say that about you. I love to be in the presence of my husband and under the, the shade of his protection 
because the fruit of his life is so sweet. Wives, how about you? Can your husband say that about you? I love my wife. The fruit of her life is so sweet. Let's make it a a little bit harder. What about you parents, particularly parents of teenagers? Can your children say that about you? I love to live in my home. I know my parents may be strict with me, but I know it's because they love me. But the fruit of their life is so sweet. And what about you single people? We can't leave you out, right? Can your friends, your roommates, your classmates, your family relationships, can they say to you, oh, I love to be with you. I love to go out and catch a meal or catch a cup of coffee with you because the fruit of your life is so sweet. Psalms 1 is talking here about the godly person, no matter what stage of life you're in. The blessed person is like a tree planet, and whatever he does will prosper. Now, it's talking here, I believe, about spiritual prosperity, not necessarily material prosperity. It's not like the Old Testament. You know, you read the Old Testament, and you read about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and it's very evident that God's hand was upon their lives, and they became very wealthy. But that's not what the New Testament says, even though there are churches out there that teach that. Jesus said in, in Matthew six nineteen, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and where thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. The godly man prospers with the treasure laid up in heaven, which comes from being fruitful down here on earth. I like what uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in, in 2 Corinthians 6.10. It says, As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, and yet, yet possessing all things. Why? Because he's laid up treasure in heaven and not down here on earth. What a joy to associate with a godly person. But there's also the results of the ungodly. Look at verse 4. The wicked are not so, but they are like the chaff that the wind drives away. The immediate results of the wicked is chaffed. The immediate results is chaffed, and you, you, know, you live your way, your own way, and your life is just kind of blah. It's just chaff. Oh, my friends, don't do it. Don't live your life on your own, just a blah sort of life. You need to get on the way of Christ and on the way of love and joy in Christ and let him satisfy your life. The other way is chaff. Now, chaff is that which is left when the kernel that feeds you is taken out. The chaff will not feed you. You'll go hungry. My wife and I have uh, season tickets to Music Theater West. And here last month, we went to see uh, a musical on the life of 
George M. Cohen, called Yankee Doodle Dandy. And it says about Cohen, it says, Cohen published more than 300 songs during his lifetime, including the standards over there, Give My Regards to Broadway, The Yankee Doodle Boy, and You're a Grand Old Flag. Cohen was called the greatest single figure the American theater ever produced. And at the end of this musical, Cohen came out as an older man with, with an acquaintance, and he made this statement. He said, was it worth it? I have a wife that I don't love. I have children that I don't know. And the best friend I ever had, I haven't talked to in over 20 years because of a disagreement. And I was preparing for this message, and I thought, that's chaff. He was very wealthy. But the Bible says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? It's chaff. It just blows away. You know, I found in my own life that when I do the will of God, I can't lose. And when I don't do the will of God, I can't win. It's as simple as that. One way is chaffed. The other way is food. Now, there are two roads, and there are two immediate results on each of those roads, and there are two ends. Look at verses 4, or 5 and 6 with, with me. It says, Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. What a tragic thing. Two roads, two unavoidable ends. The one way is wickedness, disappointment, lostness at the end. Some of you may be on that road. Some of you may be on that road. And it's a tragic thing. You're nice people, but you're just spiritually blah. You don't have anything. Your life is chaff. In the end, is lostness. And it isn't as though you rejected Christ. It's that you neglect him. And Hebrews 2, 3 says, how shall we escape if we neglect, just neglect, so great a salvation. And as we read in Psalms 1 and verse 1, if we choose to stand, we choose to rove with, if we choose to sit down with those who do not count on God, whether it's the counsel of materialism or the bitterness and cynicism and anger of our day, you are like the chaff that the wind dries away. I know that there's plenty wrong with Christians and with the organized church, but that isn't the answer. By getting angry isn't the answer. Turning Christianity and the church off, 
That's not the answer. The end of that road is lostness, my friends. And lostness is a terrible thing. And you may say, well, I'll have lots of company. That's not an answer. God and Jesus Christ wants to take you away from the way of sadness and put you on the way of Christ. This lostness that the Bible is talking about is, it also says it's, it's hell. And you may say, well, I don't believe in hell. I like what Robert or Richard Halverson, the chaplain of the Senate, wrote. He said, hell? Of course I believe in it. Moral freedom requires it. No alternative to heaven, no option, no freedom? What kind of God would force men who don't want to to live in heaven? What meaning would heaven have for those who desire a different way of life? It would be unfair of God not to make a place for those who refuse the kingdom of God. Unfair not to allow those who reject the divine order to have their own way. For those for whom freedom means having their own way, God has made hell. God does not send men to hell. They choose it. God has done all in his power to keep men from hell. He put his son on the cross. And I like this statement. A man has to squeeze past the cross to get to hell. Hell is the alternative to the way of God, the order of God. Hell is the moral alternative to heaven. And then he quotes from 2, Timothy, or 2 Peter 3, 9, God is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering to us, word, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Psalms 1, verse 6 tells us that the way of the wicked shall perish. My friends, you without Christ go on a way of lostness. It's no answer to life at all. It's lostness, lostness. Perhaps you need Christ today. You've had religion, but there comes a time when you need to just devote yourself to the truth of God in Christ and come face to face with the decision for him. That's the way of a person without God. But verse 1, or chapter 1 again says, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, and they're made righteous. They're made righteous because, not because of anything that they are or that they do, but it's because of Jesus Christ. The Lord knows the way of the righteous. We begin alone, but we find ourselves in the end in the congregation of God and those who love him. There's only one reason, my friends, that I could be considered righteous. And it's because of what Jesus Christ did on my behalf. The Bible tells us that God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's it. Two men, Robert Ingersoll 
and Dwight Moody were important men in their day. They influenced a lot of people. And they each spoke at the funeral of their brother. Robert Ingersoll, the atheist, said, We cry aloud, and the only answer to our cry is the echo of our wail. D.L. Moody quoted from Scripture, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Two roads. Two immediate results along these roads. Two ends to the roads. And I believe God wants us to get on the way with Christ. Oh, my friends, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, if you don't know if you were to die today, you would go to heaven. My encouragement to you today Just cry out to God and say, Dear God, forgive me. I repent of my sin and I invite you to come into my life and be my Savior and be my Lord. And perhaps you're here and you've prayed that prayer, but your life is like chaff. You're not walking with God. You don't spend time in his word. You need to repent too. Come back to God. Say, God, I need you. I want to walk with you with all my heart. Won't you do that? Let me close this in prayer. Father, you know our hearts. You know each of us, where we're sitting today, today, there today, whether we're on the road that leads to you, the road that doesn't. I pray for those who are finding themselves on the other road that's just chaffed. Lord, touch their heart. May they cry out to you right now and say, God, forgive me. God, Have mercy on me. God, come into my life, my heart, be my Lord and Savior. For those of us who are are here who may not be walking with you, I just pray that you would touch their heart also and bring repentance. Lord, we want to have the joy, the blessedness of, of walking with you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.